Kia ora te whānau, no mai hoki mai ki Māori millionaire. Today I am here with Jamie Daly, who's going to be sharing some of his insights into the most recent political news and the impacts of this on investments and all these types of things. So kia ora Jamie, thanks for joining us. Kia ora te whānau, kia ora to all the Māori millionaire viewers. Um, privileged to be here to speak to you today, te kahukura, just to shed any light on the economic and political situation we have at the moment. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes over the last week, and uh, I guess a lot of whānau out there will be um, wondering, I guess, uh, where to next for the country, also socially and politically, and more importantly, from a Pūtia perspective, economically. So, um, yeah, thanks for inviting me along today, and um, I look forward to having a cordial with you and the viewers. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And what do you think is happening in the f- near future in terms of um, Putia and investments? I think we, um, obviously the economic commentators and data is suggesting that we might go through a mild recession this year. Um, I strongly believe that um, uh, there is economic turbulence this year. There is no doubt um, inflation figures uh, have spiked in the US and they have spiked in the UK and are slowly starting to come down. Whether or not that's going to translate into the inflation figures that are announced tomorrow um, will be very, very interesting. There's a lot of uncertainty uh, for the year of 2023. A lot of people are looking into their household budgets to look at ways and means that they can make cuts, you know, whether it be by bulk buying at like a Costco's here in Tamaki Makoto, whether it these things like downloading the grocer app where you can determine where there are cheaper options for supermarket, um, you know, whether it's a pack and save or a countdown. So there's all that sort of stuff going. Your power bill, you know, you could potentially go to another supplier and pay a dollar less a day, which over a year is 365 bucks. So yep. there's a lot of that will be going on in the households. And the reason for that, Kaukura, is if we reflect back to 2021 around about March, which is approximately two years ago, the mortgage interest rates at that time were sitting at about 2.25, which were, which were like an unprecedented low. Today, we're facing 68 to 7%. So when you uh, make those calculations, say over a $500,000 mortgage, and you're being asked to pay or at least double, if not you know two and a half times what you were, it certainly puts a bit of strain on your household budget where you have to start looking at ways and means whether it be getting extra income from a secondary job, um, <laughs> excuse me, and all those sorts of things. So interesting times, yeah. For sure. I definitely think that it's going to be a very influential year on um, a lot of different people and the different um, household income brackets. Where do you think the biggest impact is going to be in terms of those household income brackets? Is it going to be lower incomes or investors or a bit of both? I think from a help, like obviously we've seen inflation almost, it's probably almost at its peak or it's about to reach its peak tomorrow. We will know that. Mm. Because of the measures that the Reserve Bank are putting in place with the OCR whanau, the official cash rate, the measures, so what they're trying to do is to control your quarter pound the combo, you know, from going to McDonald's today and paying twenty dollars to control it from not going up to twenty five, their answer is to move the official cash rate up so it's harder to borrow money. Mm. Okay. And it's harder to access money and invest. 
and and also um, it's harder for you to go out there and spend willy-nilly because what we know is when you're spending willy-nilly, it is going to continue to spike inflation. So yeah. what they're doing is they're lifting that official cash rate so that your mortgage payments or your access to a bank loan is at a reduced level so they don't give you as much putia so that you can spend in the economy. It does seem uh, detrimental to the growth of the economy, but where we are, we actually need to get control of inflation and bring that down so that basically the old saying, the rich don't get richer and the poor don't get poorer, and there's a massive inequity gap, and we know a lot of our whanau have suffered from that over the years. So that's the focus from the government, and ultimately trying to get that balance is a very, very tough scenario. If we look over to the UK, politically they've had two prime ministers since the exit of Boris Johnson. Now, the Prime Minister that come and Liz Truss on the back of uh, Boris Johnson uh, offered tax cuts to all the UK population, and as a result, it spiked inflation even more. That's why she lasted in the job for, I think, only six weeks. And as a result, we've seen uh, Rishi Sunak come in with a Indian papa, and he sort of steadied the ship with his conservative values to try and, I guess, control inflation so it doesn't get out of control. So... Mr. Hipkins, our, our new man, our new Prime Minister, he's got a big job ahead of him when the rubber hits the road tomorrow with the inflation. Um, when he gets sworn in, the big questions are going to come up, come to him, you know, leading into October's election, um, how we can best balance off the economy so that, um, I guess, whānau are, are, are not struggling out there. And, it's, you know, it's going to be a tough job for him, let's face facts. It's going to be very difficult. Yeah, what would you hope to see um, after the announcement is made, Apupo? What would you like him to, are there any specific policies or anything like that in the upcoming election you'd like to see? I guess it really depends on the result tomorrow. The actual result is very, very critical in terms of the ideology and their mindset in terms of what policies they may want to move. I gather from listening to him through media rounds over the last week that He's already had discussions with outgoing Jacinda Dune around what policies that they can potentially move on. Obviously, um, talking about how, uh, broadly about all the policies, obviously you've got three waters. Um, you've got co-governance. You've got, uh, you know, the January 31, the fuel uh, tax um, reduction. Yeah. So we So potentially, if there's no change in that come January 31, our fuel will go up. Mm obviously because we've got that reduction in place to 31. So there's some big decisions for Mr. Hipkins to make, uh, basically coming up where he's got to balance that understanding that whanau, when they go to pick and save and count down at the moment, they're getting stung. When yeah. they're going to the gas station, if that, if that reduction doesn't, if that uh, tax break doesn't remain, they get our whanau are also going to be stung there. So it's about trying to strike up a balance in particular for middle to low New Zealand. Mm. Uh, usually we're very, very concerned about um, our low-income whānau, but it would be fair to say the economic times that we're in, our middle-income whānaus are really struggling out there too to pay the bills and make ends meet. So he mentioned things during the week about you know whānau that may have second or third jobs. There might be a possibility of tax changes with respect to secondary and, and, and you know potentially third, three jobs. Mm. how they go about actually trying to ingrain that into IRD policy and make rubber hit the road so that I guess it, people can't take advantage of that uh, you know, potential tax change. 
God only knows. But what we do know from that cost of living payment last year is the way it was rolled out, rolled out it became quite a mess where obviously people overseas were receiving it and they weren't really necessarily eligible, but it was based on old data and information. So in answer to your question, I, I do believe that he needs to strike what that answer is around the policies. I do believe they need to look up into the income tax. They need to really deeply think about how they can release pressure off whānau. Especially as we move into the winter, the power bill will go up. Yes. The fuel bill is likely to go up. The food is going to probably stay where it is for the best part of six months. So I don't see any positive signs from a expenditure perspective of things coming down. There's also whānau that have, you know, um, are lucky enough, to, fortunate enough to have homes that have just been stung here in Tamaki. Some of them are paying $1,500 more a year on their rates, right? Yeah. So they've got to find, they've got to come up with that, you know, that $20, $30 extra a week on top of their mortgage rate increase, on top of their food inflation increase, on top of their fuel increase. So it's it's going to be very tough times, very tough times. What do you think Fano at home could do if they want to um, give their best shot at battling this um, these high inflation times and um, with an upcoming recession? What are some really good kind of budgeting hacks or ways to decrease your spending? My personal advice is to Fano out there is I'd actually go through a year's statements to get seasonal expenditure. So what I mean by that is obviously you've got a login account with your bank, your respected respective banking institution download a csv file which is like an excel file it'll extract everything that you've you've basically paid for over the course of the last year then go line by line it will take you far to be fair will take you probably a weekend or two to actually do this then go and categorize all your expenditure so for example if you go to the z service station and you buy 58 dollars worth of goods 50 dollars might be gas a chocolate and a Coke Zero or whatever. They don't do Coke Zero anymore. (laughs) You need to to categorize those expenditures and then uh, total all that up. And and what I mean by the word pro rata is then look at where you uh, have been spending over the last year. This is an exercise I've been doing with some whānau at at, at my uh, mahi. And they've over the last week, they've come back to me absolutely shocked and astounded on how much takeaways that they've been eating and how much kai. Yeah. And it's actually empowered them to actually want to do something about it. And i.e., rather than go to your local dairy super, prepare a shopping list, just as basic as a shopping list, understand what you need and order what you need in, in order to avoid going to your local super. Because if you go to your local super to buy a bottle of milk, it's kind of like you're paying a little bit extra at that local super um, as a result of not ordering enough at, at, at your local local supermarket. So one thing I would say is throughout the year, try and be resourceful in terms of your kai through sourcing it from the one supermarket. Yeah. Right? And there's the grocer app, which I mentioned, which anybody can download. They can add their shopping list in there and they can compare, for example, with you to go could have living in Kitty Kitty Door. You know, it might compare Countdown Hamilton with Countdown Norton, and it will give you a price comparison for those 10 items you want to buy. What the price comparison if you went to buy those 10 from Norton or Hamilton or vice versa. So that would be the first starting point that I think 
definitely you're going to get savings out of it. In my view, the kai is where a lot of the wastage is, in my opinion. I'm really with our younger whanau. They're on the grind. They're working hard. They're working 10 hours a day. They're coming home. They're bucket. They don't have any energy. It could be about on the weekend doing meal preps, Mm -hmm. putting them in containers, freezing them. You might be time poor, but looking at times when you're not time poor, perhaps preparation for the following week. Um, that would be one suggestion that I'd have in mind that would 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 make a big difference. Mm. And and on that note, with in terms of um, food wastage, I think I read a statistic that said that eight hundred million dollars worth of kai is in landfills each year. And so not only this financial implications of that, also it's a waste of kai that you know um, any mouth can have. But then also the um, environmental implications of having so much wasted kai in landfills is just not good for your, for anyone. Um, that's so right. I think that's really, really good thinking to kind of meal prep and um, make sure that your shopping lists are full up so that you don't go to yep. the dairy and spend double or triple on snacks or, you know, when money had to come over and you need a bottle of milk, like that, I, one thing I do, I buy um, long life milk and it's like my emergency milk for if people show up so that we don't need to go to the dairy and buy milk. Um, but just things like that, being a bit more mindful. Hi. Awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, in addition to those things like um, ring power companies do price comparisons. For me, for example, I went through this exercise last year. I rang up seven providers. People might think overkill, but some of them range from, like, for example, for my own whanau, I had a $2,500 quote once I broke it down. And another company was at three thousand three hundred. These eight hundred dollars just to get power, you know, yeah. from a different provider. You know, we also have um, there's a power provider called No Maira, which is seeking to support Fano that um, with, so paddy, with power parity to try and provide equity. They may be an option that you might want to look at economically because it does depend where you live to get yeah. that power source to your fuddy. Because in the regional areas. It, it is noted that it's a lot more expensive, like your Tomananui's and all that sort of, sort of, um, you know, those sort of rural regions. So that would be another thing where you could easily pull five hundred dollars out. Um, it might be your Sky account. Here's an idea, Fano. You love your Sky. You love your movies. You love your entertainment. You love your sports, like me. But it might just be that you have a Sky Go account that you cancel those movies and entertainment and carry on with the sport, but you're able to use it and watch it on your device. So there's like fifty dollars a month bang right there and there. So that you know, there's um I guess there's other elements like there's also um your your fuel bill. Yep. And obviously shopping with the one, you know, fuel business, you know, and getting a fuel card where it's providing um, you know, the discount for a repetition of going to say a shell or going to a mobile, not going from Caltex to Shell, so you get that scales of economy over time where you're mm-hmm. able to maybe over after three months you might be able to claim back like fifty dollars worth of um fuel. Uh, um so on you know all sorts of things really like I could go on to be honest like there's there's you know in terms of the, the ways that um you know that their money could be saved and and, yeah. and put away. Yeah. I I think the other thing with vehicles to be mindful of is I think a lot of us, um especially in this day and age your first port of call when you want to go somewhere is through a vehicle, but a lot of times um, there are way cheaper options, whether that's, you know, carpooling or um, 
if it's literally the dairy, just I myself have been lazy enough to drive to the dairy, but small things like that, that can actually make your um, your tank last a lot longer, um, but by just being a little bit more mindful. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of... I mean, it could be even like, say you're in a whanau with five people living in the... You might want to... You're on, I, I believe you're on an unlimited plan. It might be cheaper economically that you join with your other whanau within that whare to go on a family pack with Spark or a family pack with split Slingshot and essentially uh, get a bit of a price, a scales of economy difference there. That's mm. another possibility of joining, I guess, joining resources. Um, yeah, I think those are the key points, you know, that, that I think would, would really make a difference out there, especially your kai. Your mm. kai is kind of your, your main, you know, your main source, um, where the where there's big changes that can be made, especially when household budgets are, are a little bit strained. Mm. And given the current political climate, what do you think investors need to be um, cautious of? Um, I think if we're looking from a stock market perspective, uh, the political climate from a global perspective, not just a local perspective, we're in for probably quite a volatile year. Um mm. To be honest, there is a lot of uncertainty out there in terms of what's happening on Wall Street, whether we, we're going to see growth. Obviously, we've seen S&P 500 come back 20% last year. But what we do know, Farno, is that if we continue sticking and in investing in uh, asset, uh, assets like S&P 500 um, and Berkshire Hathaway, um, our friend Warren Buffett, mm. if we continue to stick in on the long run with those types of investments, we will see the pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. So whilst it, it it can be easy to actually get into that mindset of actually looking at your KiwiSaver every week to week, but truth be told, the real journey is actually in the journey and mm. life is full of ups and downs, as is the economy. But yep. what we do know is whether it be from a house price perspective, which have, which have come back 20%, what we do know over the last 40 years here in Aotearoa is that in, in particular over all, uh, um, over all of Aotearoa, House prices have risen six to seven percent year on year. Yes, we might see a minus five this year, but over a long term, what we do know is is that six seven. So it's about focusing on having that long term mindset in place and not worrying about the immediate future. However, we still have to pay the bills. We still have to survive. We still have to make sure our cash flows at a decent level so that we can get through this economic turbulence. So as of from an investing perspective. I think it's going to be a quiet year on the housing front, if I'm honest. If I'm a if I'm a first uh, first home buyer and I'm wanting to get into the market, I see the next six months as your best opportunity to actually get in there when investors are standing back. They're not at the auction room at the moment because they can't get the money from the bank. If you're a young person out there between the age of 18 to 28, and um, you know you're looking for your first home. What it means for you is when you go to that auction room or when you go and put an offer in, you're not dealing with all the competition that you would have previously in 2021 and 20 and 2020 to a degree after COVID it sort of started. So mm-hmm. there was all that chaos where investors were lining up to buy. So from a first home buyer perspective, there's definitely opportunities and there's also opportunity in this environment to actually get reduced prices. So some house that might have cost 800000 last year all of a sudden is worth six fifty. So you're getting a reduction on your buying price. That's actually where you make your pretty is on the on the way in. 
yeah. the way in through good negotiating. Mm. Because once you pay that price, that price is with you forever. You can't go back over time and go, I wish I paid, you know, less or more than mm. yeah. that set. So now was a really good time from an investor point of view. It's really about sitting still from a housing perspective. From a stock marketing perspective, it's more about continuing to invest regularly every week with your disposable income that you can afford and just DCA, dollar cost average, which means every month you put in like say $50 and then the next month $50. That's dollar cost averaging. And your stock might be $2 today and next and, and in a month's time it might be $3, but you're still putting $50 in and you're getting whether it comes up or down, and if there's any volatility, it's going to level itself out over time anyway. So that would be my advice to investors out there. Um, and and crypto for, market. Oh yes, sorry. No, yeah, crypto market. Crypto market. Don't go there for me. It's very very volatile. Uh, I don't have the appetite for it. But what we have seen in the last three to four weeks is a lot of a lot of this with the Bitcoin. But yeah. a lot of people talk about this twenty percent in the last week but they don't want to talk about the 75% last year that went down. So what we do know is crypto doesn't have historic uh, uh, returns over a long period of time because it's only a new currency. But what we do know with this, with these uh, Wall Street stock market, yes, there have been crashes in 1987. Yes, there have been crashes in 2008 with the GFC. But what we do know is that always comes back, and that's happened for over 100 years. So advice to investors out there investing into the stock market is just stay in the course. Whatever yeah. you can put away, think about have this mentality. Whatever you can put away today is paying for your future down the line in 20, 30 years' time when you reach that golden egg time with your retirement. Yeah. And, and for someone like myself, I guess, with a relatively medium income, I guess, um, and medium expenses, how would I go about trying to um, maximize the low house prices of the, over the next wee while um, and getting into the property market? From a preparation standpoint, I'd, I'd, I'd hone in on your, on your expenditure. Make sure you've got no, no credit debt. You're getting that low. You're, you're making sure that um, you're keeping your bank statements as clean and possible, as clean as possible, i.e. going to Countdown to buy all your koi, no. going to like four different shops like McDonald's, or, yeah, you know, we all want a cheat meal. That's fine. KFC now and again. But I guess what I'm saying is you don't want this bank statement saying, I went to the Shell to get a, 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 um, a V drink, and then I went to the Countdown to get another V drink, and I went to Pack and Save to get another V drink. Try and stay consistent in terms of what, I guess, what you're, what you're purchasing, and go to that one-stop shop using that grocer app, which will give you the cheapest option. So trying to have clean bank statements first and foremost. So then when you go to a mortgage broker or to the bank to borrow money, you, you're you showing them that you're a responsible person with your putia. So therefore, when it comes to the point where you can borrow, when they're, they're, you're at a level that you can borrow money, the bank have got full trust in you through seeing your financial discipline. So the financial discipline is absolutely paramount. Yeah, You know, you might be two years away from buying it, but watch you buying a home. But in the next year, it's critical that you meet those financial disciplines and you carry out those financial disciplines. So when the bank review your statements to develop an understanding of whether you have enough cash flow from your income at work and equity, that they are entrusting you with a loan, that they know that, that you'll pay back. And that's what all they're worried about. They want to ensure 
that you're going to pay it back. Now, leading into the other part of that question would be building a goal in terms of a timeline around when, what threshold, for instance, like you might be living in Kirikiri Roa like Kaikoura, you might come to the look at the market and you might go, well, I want a two-bedroom house. At the moment, prices are dipping. I'm, let's say I, hypothetically I want to look at something around the 500 to 600k bracket. That, depending off if it's an old build or a new build, that will determine your threshold of deposit. Then you've also got your Kiwi saver that can also contribute to that. So what I would be able to do is, even if you're not in a position to buy a home, what I would, if you really want want to get there and make it, you you probably need to go and have a talk to a mortgage broker ASAP. Doesn't cost any money, but it sets up a a, a process and whereby you can then achieve your goal when you're sitting there with that deposit ready to say to the bank, I'm ready to buy a home. And that's the first point. You've got to take that step on it. Don't be in fear of it. Even if you understand that you're three years away from buying a home, you actually need to understand where you are to in, the, in that part of that process to get there. And without understanding that, how are you going to know how to navigate forward to get to that point? So that would probably be the most important thing is to speak to a mortgage broker around what your goals and aspirations are and what your dreams are and what direction you want to be headed and what's your timeline. Yeah. And in terms of preparing for the house deposit, where would you say is the best place to be keeping that putia? Is it in a savings account or elsewhere? So obviously you've got your automatic Kiwi saver, which is depending on what um, uh, investment fund you're with, you get different returns. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's locked away. There's different options. Have a look out there, Fano. You know, just because you're, you, you've signed up with KiwiSaver with your money doesn't mean you're getting the best return with the investment fund that's actually working on behalf of you. So mm. there are other investment funds. For example, I, I signed up and I went into a default one because I didn't actually specifically request seven years ago what one I wanted to be in. But yeah. after doing some research, for me, I actually chose Milf, Milford Asset Management. And I went with them because I believe that they had a quite a steady rate of return. And I, I decided to change them about two or three years ago. So there's another, you know, it all counts. Like you might be getting a 5% return today with your current provider, but there might be other providers over the over the last 10 years that have a record of an 8% return. So you're missing out on that 3%. So look into that. Now, with regards to your savings, you want to have it on a term deposit. You don't want to have it particularly on a risky type asset class like yep. crypto yeah for with me i would like this isn't financial advice obviously but for me that money you really want that money to be able to put towards your deposit so you want to put it into an investment fund that's going to give you nothing's guaranteed but it will, it will give you the best possible um uh return um for the risk involved and for me that would be a term deposit mm-hmm. uh Yes, you have good term deposit rates at the moment, in fact, 6%, 7%. But also, you've got to also factor in inflation. So, yes, you might be putting, say, um, for example, 100000 in the term deposit and you get a seven grand return uh, at 7%. But you've also got to factor in inflation because when you're going to the shop, you're paying 7% more than what the car was last year. Yeah. So there's all that. But that would probably be mine's, my mindset, putting it in the term deposit and maybe putting it on a 12-month term and then go from there um, and then look at it again in a year. Obviously, discuss with your broker 
what your goals are and then align where you put your savings and your putia, align where uh, with what your goals are for the term. So you might want to buy a home in 18 months. So you yep. might put your, your say you've got 20,000 sitting to the side. You might put that away for 18 months and you know it's locked away. And then come 18 months time, you'll be able to pull the 20 out and your term deposit interest on top of your 20,000. And you'll, you'll kind of know what that figure is with a decent amount of certainty. So when you get to that 80 months, you'll know exactly what you've got plus whatever other savings you have. And your um and your uh is also the Kiwi uh the home starter grant. Uh, obviously, with relation to uh, in relation to home start grants, obviously there's the government can provide. Uh, I believe it's five thousand dollars each. Actually, do some research on that fund. I don't want to mislead you on that, but there's there's actually um pretty that they can provide to your first home deposit, whether it's ten k or five k, somewhere around that region. One one grand per year you've um, had contributions, and if you're if you're buying with someone, then it will be two two thousand per year. Yes. Okay, awesome. Yeah, well, thank you for clarifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that I mean, those are the things that I'd be focused on from an investment perspective. There's, uh, for the more um developed investors, obviously, there's a lot politically speaking. There's some policies around landlord tax, which is going to have an impact on rents, rent prices, and also um, cash flow for established investors. So that will be a big uh, voting ticket this year in the October election, where basically there already has been tax reform, where a lot of the middle class that have a, they own a property that they live in, and they've also got another one, have been hit with this landlord tax. So that will be interesting come election time. Um, would that policy potentially carrying on under uh, Chris Hipkins' leadership, whether, um, you know, where that goes. So, and there's obviously the ACC income protection insurance as well, which we think might be, which reading between the lines, they might walk that back to the point where they 1.39% of your income from your pay and 1.39% from the employer would be contributed to an income tax insurance tax where if you lost your job, for example, they would cover, you know, the first 12 weeks up to 80% of your uh, income. Now, I think because we're in a cost of living crisis, they had the idea of implementing and rolling that out. I expect them to walk that back because whānau are struggling to get out, get along as it is, let alone put more taxes on. Well, thank you. So wrap it up from, yeah. a, from a political standpoint, Chris Hipkins comes into the Labour Party, with, you know, very well experienced. He comes from a more right-wing perspective. He's probably to the right. When I say right-wing perspective, I mean he's more to the right wing of the Labour Party. Mm. So expect for him, in my view, to be quite liberal um, and probably take a step to the right of where Jacinda Ardern was leading the country. So economically, I think he's going to try and work with business and also work with um, salary um, employees to try and ease the economic pain because he realises... Politically speaking, the polls have been going backwards. I think they've lost 20% points since 2021 in September. That's a huge fall from 52 to 32. So yeah. he's got a lot of ground to make up if he actually wants to be elected come October. So um, it's going to be a super interesting election. Um, I'm expecting Chris Hipkins to get a bump in the polls from just the way he's presented in the first week. But when the rubber hits the road and the winter comes in and the economic pain comes on, that's when the spotlight's going to be on Mr. Hipkins in terms of what he can come up with to actually take the pressure off Farno 
And I think that's going to be the winning or the losing. But to round out this, I've got a statistic for you, Kaukura. There have been seven times in our political history where there's been a prime ministerial change during a term. And of those seven times, the incumbent has never become the prime minister after that change. So if history repeats itself, I don't believe Chris Hipkins will be in the role come the election, but we'll have to see. We will have to see. But um, tēnei te mihi kia koe, Jamie. Thank you for all of your um, wise words and your awesome knowledge. And I hope that everyone listening um, in today has their notebook out and is taking notes because um, your kōrero is awesome. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast again. Um, yeah, thank you. Ora, anytime. Kei kōna.